0: I believe everyone has a story to tell. Through seeking true, authentic insights about the entrepreneurial journey, I provide a platform for our peers to share their stories and inspire those that listen. This is the County Business Talks podcast produced by H2 Productions. Welcome to the 50th episode of the County Business Talks podcast, and the start of series four. Um, To kick off this series, I have an extremely special guest. She's an Essex girl who has captured the hearts of the nation. She remains the only woman ever to hold four major track titles concurrently with gold medals in the Olympic, World, European and Commonwealth Games. Following her retirement from international athletics, she's developed a new career as a television presenter and inspirational speaker. She has written four books on fitness and health, self-fulfillment and well-being. I'm honoured and privileged to welcome the one and only Sally Gunnell, OBE. How are you, Sally?
1: Oh, thank you very much for that intro. Yeah, I'm really good. Yeah, no, all fit and healthy, and that's what we all ask for, isn't
0: it? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, let's, Sally. I'm doing a bit of research. Actually, we've got a little bit in common, to be honest. um Obviously, both from Essex. If you can't tell yeah. from the Essex twang, obviously with me. Um, <laughs> we both called as well, which is interesting. But obviously, uh, uh, perhaps a lack of uh, gold medals on this side. But uh, um, anyway, listen. Growing up, I-, I remember sitting there with me, me brother and my mum and dad and-, and, you know, watching your career and, and cheering you on and seeing you um, win those phenomenal gold medals. So look, it's just like I say, thank you so much for joining me. Look, we're going we're gonna to jump in. Just look, talk to me a little bit about life growing up in Essex and, and where, where did you first dream of becoming like a, a professional athlete? Yeah. So I um,
1: grew up on-, on a farm in Chigwell in Essex, which was the nearest, uh, farm to London. And um, and I was just, yeah, I just loved running. And, and I just remember at primary school I had an amazing teacher that just sort of said to me, well, you know, you're, you're a good runner and you're quite a good gymnast, maybe you should go and join a club. And I think just because of the, the farm life, you know, it was all so cumbersome. You know, your, your summer holidays, you know, off school were just on the farm, running around, helping out and all of those sorts of things So to go to a club was a bit like, oh, I didn't even know about clubs. So um, I joined Essex Ladies and I mean, you know, we were just so lucky to have a club like Essex Ladies down at Woodford Bridge, Ashton Playing Fields, um, which was one of the top clubs in the country, really. And um, it just allowed me to, you know, in those early days to have great competition, to have a great, club camaraderie, had some great friends and, um, you know, and it really was the start of developing my athletics career. And um, yeah, I mean, some people sort of say to me, you know, how did you, you know, what was it down to? And I think, you know, part of it, I think, was growing up on the farm, just having that outdoor space, just running around. Um, You know, I guess mum and dad were, you know, good work ethics and, and things like that. So I think all of that sort of plays a part in it, really.
0: Yeah, Sure, and do, do you still remember that, the point where you thought I'm going to I'm going to become a professional athlete? I'm going to make a career of this and, and push on.
1: Well, I got I got spotted by Bruce, who was my coach throughout my whole career when I was sort of fourteen, and I just watched something well, an Olympics on the telly, not just anything, but an Olympics on the telly. And i do remember thinking my god that must feel amazing and i'd like to go and do that and you know all those sort of dreamy world things that you sort of think about really it didn't really sort of sink in but maybe it did and i think you know just being um you know selected by bruce to train at crystal palace as a 14 year old you know that commitment started and you know i'd leave West Hatch High School, we'd drive up to Crystal Palace an hour, sort of three days a week and uh, get home about 10 o'clock at night, try and do your homework. But I think from that sort of early days and that commitment, I think it just, yeah, I think I just showed that I had what it takes really. You know, it, it was hard, it was tough, and there was a lot of sort of sacrifices. And I don't think I've, I've really thought I could do it until I'd sort of, left sort of sixth form and I had to start thinking about you know working and training twice a day and you know taking this next step seriously and um yeah and I think you know and I, and I look back and I think of some of the you know it was, it was amazing that I had some grants from Epping Forest Council but some of the letters that I used to write to sort of local garages and and businesses because we didn't have lottery money just to sort of like you know just to support my athletics career really and you know got turned down loads of times um but also you know had some really good people that sponsored me and supported me in those early days and uh but i do i find it quite weird that i had that sort of you know focus and determination and knew what i wanted and it all sort of came from
0: within really <laughs> yeah it's amazing, really, to listen to, go, cause like you say, that that type of focus from such a young age where maybe friends are in, especially when friends start going out and that type of thing in your sort of later teens. and But to have that dedication, that that focus, so I guess that's what separates people from being high performers and reaching this type of achievements that you have done, is having that type of dedication and, and to, to achieve that in life.
1: Yeah, I think it did. I think the hardest age was sort of like, 16, 17, where, you know, and 18, went where friends were, you know, giving up the athletics club that I joined with, they were getting Saturday jobs. Um, but I do remember I had sort of like a real sort of in and out year where i wanted to go and i remember trying so we worked out that i could go to ilford town hall clubbing on a monday night and it wouldn't affect my athletics so that's where we got to but i think that only lasted for about i don't know six months or something like that and then it was like no this isn't going to work and you know what you've got plenty of time for that in life
0: (laughs) i love that Well, I'm keen to, I often talk on the podcast, obviously about sort of challenges, especially from an entrepreneurial journey and what that sort of looks like. I mean, you mentioned a little bit there about sort of resilience, I guess, just with the you know, constant writing letters and stuff and uh, to to get sort of sponsorship and and bits on board. But um, I wanna talk a little bit about, take me back to sort of Tokyo, 91. Um, Obviously that glance in the world championship potentially cost obviously the gold medal. Just talk to me a little bit about your mindset around like after a race and and obviously then the comeback after that to to the following year to win the olympic gold
1: yeah i mean i think a lot of it i wasn't the most confident of kids i was always be the one that was like oh she looks good over there and they've got new spikes on and and i think that was part of of you know the not the issues but that was part of the journey early on is that i had to find that confidence because confidence only comes from you so i think that piece in you know, the world. I was sort of on the journey. I'd won the Commonwealth Games and I was sort of on the way up and, you know, and I had a chance of winning a worlds and threw it away because I was still looking at what other people were looking good in the race. And I just realised and I always sort of say it was like the, you know, it was like the cherry on top of the cake. You know, it was it was, it was the last piece of the jigsaw almost. And and I knew that I just had to address it. You know, I wasn't tough enough. I didn't quite have it mentally. It was something that I had to look at and it wasn't something that came naturally. And um, and I needed to ha- ask for help. And that's where I went out and got the sports psychologist and uh, David Henry actually who had worked very much. He was a 400 hurdler as well. So I think that helped. And, um yeah, and, you know, he taught me so many sort of techniques about visualisation and just belief and, you know, and shutting that voice up that we all have around that tells us that we're not good enough and we can't do that and we don't look fine and this and that. And he just said, you know, everybody has it and you've got to learn to keep it quiet in your head almost. So he, he taught me so much and, You know, and and I always say, because within a year, you know, I was standing on the top of that roster in in Barcelona at the Olympics. And I always say, you know, as much as 70 percent of it was in the mind that got me there on that day because there were there was, you know, there wasn't a lot between us all in that final. And I would say some people were probably stronger and some people might have been a little faster and all sorts of things. But I think I... I knew what I wanted on that day and I worked hard for it you know up here and uh, yeah I always say it's an incredible tool
0: and it's free
1: <laughs> not many things we can say about that is it
0: that is free it's, it's, it's so fascinating to hear that because I, I think especially listening to you talk there something I take away from that with the it's enhanced more so now I think with social media but the Almost like that external validation. We are always comparing ourselves, aren't we? Like social media out there. So we're, especially in business, I look at you, go, looking on LinkedIn and social media things, and oh, that person's doing well, or look at that. And it's trying to block those out, isn't it? Just believing in what you're trying to achieve, I guess, um, whatever level
1: yeah and i think it is really hard now you know we didn't have the social media back then but it is a really tough and my husband coaches elite athletes and you know i can see them rocking up saying oh god someone's gone off to training over here and whatever but i think that is one of the things i had to learn that you know i never came out running the best at the at the beginning of the year and it was you know it's about believing in the process and but you have to know what that process is. And um you can't just rock up. I think that's the other thing I learned. I knew what the process was. I knew what the day was and how I was going to get there. And and I think we can't ask that of us every single day. It has to be, you know, that whole thing. I always say clarity in your mind almost of who we want to be and what's important to us and what, you know, and, and, and you know, and, and just be able to try and block all those things out. But, you know, it is it takes all sorts of things to get there, you know, and I and, and I would be the first to say, you know, I had to learn the hard way, you know, you learn through things going wrong, you learn through, but if I hadn't have done those, you know, losing races and um, getting injured and all sorts of things, I would never have achieved what I had. And it, it is, again, it's another process you
0: have to do. Yeah, absolutely. And then t- just touching on the other challenges you face, obviously, you got- going on four years into 96 as well into the atlanta at limby's obviously pulling up into sort of in the semi-final again like i think was that on your 30th birthday was that right i was think it your... was
1: i remember getting very drunk on uh yeah some cocktail somewhere other in atlanta
0: okay <laughs> 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 i guess like you say the the challenges we face on the whole journey i guess of it be business or whatever where that they're the lessons we learn aren't they and that and the build-up of resilience from from those challenges that we face is is what makes us stronger isn't it to to kick back to so talk to me a little bit about that after the after the semi-final there as well what was your sort of thought process there
1: yeah it's it's interesting because that is probably my low point of my whole career you know being you know you are your reigning olympic champion and you're getting carried off the track with a you know torn achilles tendon and uh you know and but it's interesting now how you, you quickly erase that from your mind you know it's um but it is you know it made me rethink things it made me think you know what i didn't want to go out you know on that low but it also made me start to think about what is life looking like after uh, the world of athletics because you can't do this forever and i think it you know again it was a horrible point and a really low point, but it made me think about other things and, uh, you know, and start planning what what that exit route was and, um, you know, because it's really hard to know when that day is going to be, but, you know, what can I fulfill it with and um, what is what is important to me in life and what do I want to do in the next chapter almost. So, you know, and, and I think if I hadn't have gone through that in Atlanta, if you know, as I said, then I wouldn't have. I would probably, you know, carried on a little bit too longer because I did do another couple of years afterwards as I was sorting everything out. But, you know, I think it would have been very different. So, and I think that's one of the things, you know, I'm I'm always, things happen for a reason, sort of girl, for sure now.
0: Yeah, no, I I, I truly believe that. I truly believe that. I think um, I'm really keen look some of the lessons, I guess, doing the podcast has been eye-opening for me. As I sort of mentioned, it's sort of the 50th episode. Um, I've I've learned a lot about uh, sort of, trying to, one of the main things I think for me has been about realising that life's a journey and not a destination. But I'm I'm really sort of conflicted I'm I'm keen to see as obviously a high performer and people even in business journeys we set ourselves goals and targets, don't we? Um, I'm I'm just keen to see how you I guess ensure that you enjoy the process of that journey yeah. whilst you're still while you're still searching for that goal. I'm i I'm just keen yeah. to see your mindset. Mm. There's a there's a conflict there sometimes for me. You go, I want to enjoy the process, but I'm trying to get somewhere. But so yeah, I'm keen to see your mindset around yeah. that. And, and... I,
1: I think um, you know, what knowing what you achieve is a really important part of every day. And um I think it was something that Bruce as a 14-year-old installed in me. You know, it was one of the, the first things he said to me, what do you want out of this session today? And I was like, aren't you going to tell me and it wasn't it was about me thinking and about the process and um i think it's it's very easy just to rock up to things and not be present and not have a a vision in life and know what you want and um you know and and i think it, it is an important part of my life and and you know it's i'm still do it now and you know i am a bit of a list person but um i think it's. You know, they're nowhere near as challenging, the the challenges that I have in a certain sort of way. There are lots of different things, but sometimes it is little things. And I think that's where you appreciate what that process is. They don't always have to be massive Um, and you don't always have to have what that end goal is. And it's over here. It's sometimes about what that process is and and what does that look like to get there and appreciating those bits. And I think that's something that I've done more since... um, Since finishing running, because I think, you know, when I was running, you are, you're you're massively on this roller coaster and, you know, and and I suppose one of the the one regrets that I might never have, I'm not sure I ever really celebrated, you know, the real highs of being an Olympic champion or a, a world champion because you're so scared of failure. You're so scared that you're only ever as good as your last race. You're back on that roller coaster and you're back out there. And I think. You know, this next part of my life is I have really tried to appreciate more about, you know, the little things. And, um, you know, and I sort of regret in some ways I didn't sort of celebrate those to how I should be. And I think, you know, that as part of what I do at the moment is passing some of those messages on that I learned in those days. But some of the things that, you know, not always the good messages. And I think it is about, you know, However big or small, it's like recognising, you know, do you know what, sun's out today and I've just been for a run and I feel good. And, and you know, you've got, to, you've got to go and find that, you know, and I think it's just reaffirming it within yourself. And, um, you know, but at the same time, it is still good to know why I'm getting up this morning. What do I want out of this day? Um, where do I still want to go? And I think that that keeps me sane. Um, it keeps me motivated. Um, and it keeps me, yeah, fresh and, you know, people wanting to be around you because you do have still have a vision and you still have hunger in your life. And I think that's, you know, I'm still looking for that even at, you know, 50 years old or so, so yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, I think, look, uh, again, it's that, for, for me, it's looking at the, that journey and that process of, of trying to enjoy, it. like you mentioned there about being present. I think that's something, you know, sometimes we can get lost I'm, I'm guilty of it. i often ask about work-life yeah. balance i've got twins who are seven um want to be present with them at the time but you your mind is sometimes off, off elsewhere because you, you've got these goals that you're trying to obtain and again one thing i'm trying to check in with myself a lot is around just being present wherever i am at that moment so for example i'm here with you right now and this is where we are we're concentrating on this moment and then when i am at home with the kids later i am there not looking at my phone but trying to be present and yeah. cause that. Enjoy that, that process in those journeys more so, I guess.
1: Yeah, I think that's really important to do that. And I think, um, you know, you have to you have to recognise that within yourself and, and you know, and check because it is always quite easy. You know, you think, right, I'm back with the kids or whatever else. And, um, you know, and now I've got a phone call, I've got to do that. And there is, you know, sometimes you have to say stop and sometimes you go, OK, this is it. But, you know, the thing, the I think the other thing I learned is that you know, don't beat yourself up, you know, because not every day is like that, you know. And and I think back to there was, you know, quite a few, I don't know, school plays that I might have missed or something like that. And I couldn't be there for or the kids were real and I had to, you know, to be somewhere or whatever. And and it is it's hard. And I think the thing over the time is that I've just thought, you know what? You can't be perfect and you can't keep up with this and you are going to have. The good days and the bad days, and just yeah, don't beat yourself up too much. I think that's that's what it is. And and I look at my three boys now. You know, they're seventeen, and the, old, the youngest and the eldest is what twenty four. And I think, do you know what? They've done all right. So we couldn't we couldn't be too bad. <laughs> what we did.
0: <laughs> well, look, I want I want to stick with the the achieving goals. Um conversation just about because again i have spoke to a few entrepreneurs and on 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 here and they've talked about that moment where you know some people sold a business for like 100 million for example and they've got that expecting potentially that big euphoria moment and it's actually become a little bit of an anti-climax and and like i say stuff we're sort of constantly searching for just keen to that moment you stood on that rostrum you obviously achieved all your dreams you become olympic champion talk to me a little bit about that was was it or, all your dreams have come true and you felt that amazing moment or ha, talk to me a little bit about your mindset around that at that time
1: yeah, yeah i mean i think you know actually achieving it and understanding i mean it, it all felt like a little dream world because you couldn't quite actually believe that you'd done it i think the hardest bit was the bit afterwards because um you know i'd done that whole visualization piece you know i'd done the standing on the rostrum and what that was going to feel like. But the bit I hadn't done is, you know, what happens afterwards and what what to expect. And um, and I think it it was it was hard because I wasn't quite sure was I doing the right thing because you're sort of compelled into this life that you don't really know. And am I doing it right? Am I doing it wrong? you know, and then again, we've got to go again because we've got the world's the next year. So it was like that. OK, so we can't go out. We can't celebrate and we can't do this. I just I just. Yeah, I thought I thought it was going to be, you know, life changing and sorted everything out. And here we go. But no, I, and I can really relate to probably a lot of those entrepreneurs in that it, it is OK. So we've done that. But we still got to go and do it again. There's still more. It's not like we're just sitting back and it's like, oh, "See you later, everybody." Um, yeah, yeah you st- and I think you want more because you like that feeling. Um, you you want to challenge what you know how good I could actually be. You know, it's almost giving you a bit more confidence, and you sort of think, "Well, actually, I can." go a bit better or I can go again or whatever else so yeah and I guess that's who we are that's our nature um and I think you know you can find that isn't it but yeah I mean I think I think if anything now as I said I think I I wish I'd sort of taken a month off and just celebrated a bit and reflected it but you know it was alien to me I didn't know that world you know you, you thrusted into it and You know everybody's looking at what you're eating in your in your trolley you know what i mean at the the supermarket and it's like peering through your windows i don't think anybody could really have prepared me for that but it was quite scary and a bit daunting and um it was a bit like okay i've got to do this not just for me but for everybody else now and i think that's how i felt almost and you know come on pull your socks up and get back out there
0: yeah sure sure and i guess like again, talking again as as I often do about I guess there's that feeling of contentment and fulfillment potentially, which is actually what we sort of search for, i guess, and some sometimes fixing that on a goal, that's where I'm gonna feel fulfilled, and as soon as I get there that everything's okay, actually potentially it's not an again back to what we i guess we was alluding to initially was the was trying to enjoy that process and though like you said, celebrating those small wins yeah. on a regular.
1: But also, I think I think it's about, um, you know, it, and sometimes we might not achieve those goals, but we've given ourselves a go and we've given ourselves the best shot. And I think, you know, and I think that was one of the ways that I dealt with that sort of pressure of Because if I thought about what I was actually trying to go and do, you know, win an <laughs> Olympic gold medal, I probably wouldn't have done it. But I think how I sort of rationalised it in my mind was that, do you know what? I've prepared, we've done everything. Can only ever do your best that you can do, and if that's good enough on the day, then fine. If it's not, that's still the best version of you on that day, and be proud of it. And I think that is that's important as well because we don't always succeed in everything that we do. But you know, we have rocked up, we've you know prepared ourselves, we've given it the best shot, and I think that that is really important to know that we've done that.
0: I love that. I think and that's that that definition of success for me is exactly that as long as you can with your hand on your heart you you go i've done i'll give it my best shot i've done my best i, I, yeah. I talk a bit about failure um and your fear of failure etc on, on the podcast but only my first thing what brought me to brighton from essex is i run a hair salon which didn't work out i to, ended up closing it and it, you know it failed i lost some money but i remember that process and and actually i walked out of that on that day when i had to tell the staff we was closing but i knew that i'd blood sweat and tears i'd done i'd give it my yeah. best and it hadn't worked out. but i learned so much from that and i really I, I, that's my strong belief is exactly that as long as you can whatever you do in life if you you go i'll, I'll give it absolutely my best shot and like you said if your best yeah. is is made great then fantastic if not then yeah,
1: And I think it's about learning from it. You probably learned so much from that situation, you know, and, um, you know, that has made you a better person and, you know, where you are now and where you're going. And I think that's that is really key. And, and I think I, I am. I'm one of those people that, you know, there's always a positive in absolutely every horrible thing that happens that you have to find that positive out of it.
0: OK, I just wanted to say something about one of our sponsors. Preston Insurance Brokers. Insurance is all about peace of mind, making sure that you're protected no matter what. There's no such thing as one size fits all, which is why Preston Insurance Brokers take the time to understand your business, how it works and how all the pieces fit together. Because they understand your needs and whatever risks your business faces, they can offer you bespoke insurance cover to help your business grow with confidence. Always safe in the knowledge that should the worst ever happen, they'll be here to help you weather the storm. Protecting businesses for over a decade, Preston Insurance Brokers will ensure that you're always in safe hands. No one on the team have been looking after all my business insurance for many years and offer a truly fantastic personal service. To find out more, contact the team at www.prestoninsurancebrokers.co.uk. Your business, your insurance. Okay, back to the podcast. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, look, talking about that, let's... Talk a little bit about. Talk a little bit about. Obviously, you had some injuries later in your career, like you said, and then you sort of come out of it. And um, what, did you did you always sort of have, a, have that? When when you, when you got to that point, did you always have a plan? Sort of like, what what is going to be my next step after sport, after athletics? Where do I where do I go? Did was TV presenting in in, in there, or what was your thought process about afterwards?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think when I got those injuries and bits and pieces, I think, you know, and I always say when the that it's about taking each day a time. And, and I found it really hard to sort of think about what the future was. Um, I think, I, you know, it was a process that I was going through in my mind and it took, you know, as I said, from Atlanta, a good couple of years to actually work out. But um, I decided that. You know it wasn't going to be one thing you know i wanted to you know i was getting lots of opportunities and i thought i just need to do things that i i love and i believe in and you know some of them i didn't really know whether i'd love and believe in but you know let's have a go and you know it wasn't just that one focus you know in my life it was just like this one focus you know but it was now it was about lots of little things it was about you know having kids it was about um Yeah, you know, personal development, as in, you know, learning new skills of going skiing or you know what I mean, getting in a go kart and all those things you couldn't do. So, there was, you know, and they weren't always to do with, you know, you and your career or whatever. They were personal things as well, and I think that that was really key. So, I probably had a good sort of like five or six different areas, and yeah, you know, the, the TV and the media was. Was part of that, and then there were some other sort of business deals and bits and pieces. So, yeah, there was there was lots of little things, and I think that I think that really helped on the day that I did retire. It was like, okay, I'm ready, and um, I'm excited. I'm excited to to see what what the future is. And I think that it was really important for me to have, have you know thought of those for the you know for the last couple of years. It took me to actually get to that point.
0: Was was there almost like maybe? sort of a sense of relief when you sort of retired from athletics thinking like actually there are some lots of opportunities out there that i can go and explore something completely different was was there that because you like you said you've been so focused on one thing for so yeah so long
1: yeah i was um it was it weird because i called the press conference after a world championships where i got injured again and announced my retirement without t- telling any of the team my husband or you know my coach or anybody <laughs> Because I just I didn't want them to probably change my mind, but I knew this was the moment and it felt like the biggest relief ever. I had no doubts whatsoever. Um, it was just so right. And um yeah, it was weird. And I think I think part of it was I, I couldn't do anything competitive for a good probably year or so. Um I hate I think it was that whole thing of you know, putting yourself on the line week after week. Um, you know, not wanting to let other people down. It wasn't just about letting myself down, but it was about you know, letting, letting down the general public because I expected you to win still every time. And I think that's the bit I didn't. I'd had enough of, and I needed yeah. to get away and um, and to change direction completely, almost. So yeah, yeah,
0: awesome, awesome. Well, look, I want to, I want to talk, I want to talk a little bit about culture and and obviously building a strong team i know you obviously i follow you on social media i know you posted recently about the importance of teamwork um especially obviously within an individual sport you wouldn't necessarily think that as much but i mean just talk to me a little bit about the team you got around you then and even now and, and just talk to me a little bit about culture and and and, and teamwork
1: yeah yeah i mean i think you know and I, I was from a probably the era i was you know a, a when yeah, I mean, growing up it was very much you didn't you didn't chat, you didn't ask for help, you know, get out there and do this on your own. It was that sort of scenario. But I knew that um you know, I worked out, you know, the last sort of like four years before winning in Barcelona that I did need help. But yeah, you know, it was my coach and myself and probably John, my husband, was in there, but I needed other people of, you know, to do this thing, it was, it was about, you know, what I was eating, it was about, it was just about being professional about everything. Mm -hmm. And this isn't just about you learning everything. It was about getting an amazing people around you that could get you to this next stage. And that's the bit that I had to sort of, you know, get over and, break down and, you know, and I'd spent lots of years trying to learn everything and not ask for help. And so that was a big thing. And and I would just say that that was the difference from coming fifth in the Olympics to winning, you know, was building that team around me of physiologists, psychologists, you know, of everybody. And so I think when I retired, I realised is that, you know, now you still need help. Everybody needs help. Um, And it might be, I don't know, mother-in-law that picks the kids up or mother-in-law that still does the ironing, you know, she's 85 or whatever, she still does my ironing, but she's still part of the team. Um, And I think, you know, still have, you know, personal uh, assistants and John and all sorts of people. And I think it is, we can't do this on our own, whatever we're doing, you know, you don't have to have your own business, but you need to have people that you ask for help and don't think that you can do it all um, and support each other and, um, and just recognize what they bring to who you are. And, you know, there's nothing, you know, I think it's great to have, you know, self care and improvement and keep learning and all those sorts of things. And that's often by getting help, getting support and, you know, and encouragement. And um, I think, you know, even now, I think, you know, I often look at my coach and what was it? I have massive respect for him, and and I think it's because he treated us all as individuals in our group, but also he never stopped learning, and I, and then I would say even now, you know, I was looking before, okay, chatting to you about, oh, I quite like the look of that little workshop, little programme that I can do when I'm on the road or whatever else, and I think that's really healthy to do that, and I think that's what I still want to be doing as I'm ageing. <laughs>
0: I think that's such an important message. Just for any, like, like I say, I guess from from me starting this and and the amazing people I've had, had the honour of speaking to. But just constantly, it's just a learning curve for me. Constantly learning. I think being able to, you know, like I said with the kids and stuff. Just as they grow up, just hopefully they always encourage them to always do that and just constantly learn. I'm I'm keen to yeah. like with with leadership as well. Like when you go into and do workshops and speak to corporates and stuff. And what what do you talk to them about in regards to sort of leadership and team building? Is there some key elements that you mentioned to them in there around that?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I cover a lot of the things that, you know, some of the tools that I used, um, you know, in my own days in life now and try and pass on all of those sorts of things. But, you know, a lot of the sort of like the corporate wellbeing programmes that we put in place, you know, it has to be, you know the leaders have to be engaged with it all the way down and i think that's any messaging that we're trying to, to get across you know they have to be you know if you want them to, to act in a certain way they need to be doing it themselves almost and i think that's it and the thing i think a lot of things that i come across is uh confidence you know how many people lack confidence especially Women in organisations—they don't feel as though they can go up to that next step and have a family and do this, um, you know. And that was me at some point, you know. So how did I build that confidence? I think that's that's a, a really important part of it. But you know, one of the biggest things I've learned, I guess, over the years is, you know, to actually be myself. And I think. Um, you know i came out of running and as you know you get caught in the media world and you do all these sorts of things and you try to be this person that you've watched or who we follow on social media or whatever else and that doesn't work and i just i think you know the thing i've learned in probably the last 10 15 years is is just be yourself and if people don't like you then that that's fine and not everybody is um but if you're honest and um yeah, and you're passionate about things and, and you're just true to yourself, then I think that's half the game. And that's where I've sort of learned to get to. And, and I think it's a it's a much healthier, happier place to be almost. Yeah, I,
0: I love that. I think I, there, there was a guy, I've done, I done a, a, an episode um, last year with a guy, we talked about mental health. Um, and he, he mentioned about um, a book he'd read about the, the regrets of the dying. And he said, the, the biggest regret of of, of palliative nurse, he said, the biggest regret of dying was that we've not lived a life true to ourselves, and that's life. That's yeah. the biggest regret. That's it, isn't it? Gosh, wanna, wow. Yeah, and just be like, no matter what that looks like, as long as I'm, what my core values are as an individual, as long as I believe in who I am as a, as a person and what I'm about. Like you said, except I think as you get a bit older, I certainly have wanting everyone to like you, you get to a point where you go, actually, not everybody's going to like me and maybe not everyone agree with what I say, but that's okay, because if I know I am, yeah. I'm okay. Exactly, exactly. And then, you know,
1: and you don't know what's going on in their life and how they feel that and what they've been through and yeah. and stuff like that, isn't it? I think I've just learned not to judge too many people and, I, and that comes with age, doesn't it, as well? But I think it's probably, I wish I'd learned it a bit earlier. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm, I'm keen as well just to look at, um what's your take on with since covid obviously we've come out of covid and there's been like um obviously co-working spaces etc and and trying to build that team culture what's your take on sort of hybrid working do you think that's a good thing for people or do you think it's more difficult to build a culture with with sort of hybrid working what's your take on that
1: yeah i I think it's been really interesting getting back out there in uh and the companies around you know the talks and the well-being and uh you know, com- companies are trying to get this balance because obviously, you know, I don't think it's good that all these youngsters are working from home, especially if they're graduates and then they haven't got the you know, senior people coming in in the companies to to help, you know, train them and, and give them advice and all these other things. So I can see the issues on both sides. But Um, I could also see what what we were before COVID of just the the roller coaster and the mad word that we're on. And, you know, and and it was about this work-life balance and, and getting it right. And, you know, I think what I've enjoyed personally is, yes, I love working from home and I have probably been more productive because I'm not sitting on a train or I'm not there but I still need to be in front of people and you know even doing my talks now you know I've still got the virtual world going on but I'm standing on a stage and you know personally I love the high I still get from standing on a stage which sounds crazy but I just love still meeting people still, you know, getting a little bit scared as I get on on that stage and, um, you know, and finding who you are and what you're about. And I I think it is about getting that balance. And, you know, I have met a lot of people that are working, you know, five days uh, from home and, you know, they're not getting up off their desk and, and, you know, it has affected their mental health. And, you know, we've tried to sort of help and encourage people to get upstairs get out get out go out for a walk or you know whatever else but it, it it's tough so i think it is about trying to get that balance and and yeah I mean, you know i'm not telling everybody to get back in the office you know 24 mm-hmm. 7 but um i think if you can get that happy balance and everybody's you know working on the same way i think we're, we're all showing that we can be productive
0: i completely agree i think look for me i'm very much a people person i always have been I run most of the business i run are uh, uh, engaging with people running events etc and bringing people together so i i was as much as Zoom and this work, and it was great to, to it saved a lot of businesses, and it was it's a great tool and a great way to communicate. There's still that human connection we still crave that I think as a society, and we we still need that. And you, you sort of alluded to there. It's definitely that younger generation from a learning perspective actually being within a organised. Yeah. An that you know, then water cooler moments. We just want to ask someone a quick question, and you don't necessarily get that if you're constantly working from home. Do you?
1: yeah no and i see it in my boys you know they're all just getting out there in the workplace and uh you know and and they need to you know i'm encouraging them to meet as people it's very interesting what they're doing is to stay put but it's it's to get in front of and learn and um yeah the social skills as well
0: yeah no absolutely absolutely you alluded to there a little bit when you was talking about obviously getting up on stage that sort of first time you got up on stage how was that like you said about being a bit nervous about that you even though you've run in front of millions of people watching yeah <laughs> that your mindset did was it did that help you being where you had been on the, in, as an athlete and you took that into the stage or talk to me a little bit about that,
1: um, that. yeah i mean i didn't do it for years because i just thought oh, i can't do that that sounds horrific you know being a presenter and da, 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 da. And then I just remember, I think it was Roger Black said to me, you know, people are just interested in your story. There's not many successful women. Just, you know, be yourself and, and go and tell it almost. So once I had all the content, I knew what I was doing, I'd done the visualization, then I was happier. Um, and now I, I still, you know, I still, you know, I like that sort of out of your comfort And I think it's really important to, I think as we get older it's so easy just to stay what we're doing and when and then we get smaller and smaller and you know we're not happy in what we're doing and we're not happy with who we are and so i still quite like not every year i'll sort of you know do myself a little challenge a physical challenge of some sort where i'm scared to do but you know not in a big way um but you know, I think it is good to, you know, and I always uh, quite like the big numbers on stage because you do get a bit of a buzz when, you, when you've done it and you've done it well, really. So or the best of your ability, you know, sometimes they go wrong on stage, but I've learned, you know, it doesn't matter. People quite like that, <laughs> you know, it's just, you know, you just be yourself again and go, oh God, where am I? Oh yeah, I remember now and, and get back and they like that because it makes you real.
0: <laughs> yeah. But, uh, that, that exactly it. that like again back to just being your authentic self and that realness that comes across where, whatever you're doing in, in, in life i think is so yeah it's that's so important i guess look as we're coming just towards the end before we sort of get into the quick fire questions a couple of last little bits i wanted to just sort of can you can you highlight mate because obviously you do a lot of talks to corporates and, and obviously a lot of our listeners are a business audience so just any three key elements that you've taken from i guess your sporting career that you've taken into into business that you'd be able to share with us?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it is. One is knowing what you want to achieve and having a bit of a vision. Doesn't have to be massive, but I think that just, you know, gets you up and, you know, much more productive in that day if you know what it is. Um, I think the other thing is, yeah, again, around that team, how you communicate within that team. Um, you know, there's always going to be leaders, all of those sorts of things and the people that have always got the owners and whatever else. So how do you manage that team? So there's a, a piece around that. Um, and then that big piece around, you know, uh the power of the mind and belief and visualization and and all of those are just some of those sorts of tools there. So that's that's a lot. I mean, I, I do a lot now. and I, I guess that's because of. um of just COVID and much more about that resilience piece, and and you know looking at what was my team back there around the importance of, you know the well-being side of it, and looking at what that uh, holistic looks at look at, and that's you know what my life is now around you know how importance of still what we eat, um, still how much we sleep, and um, you know just how we deal with that stress and meaning and purpose, and you know a physical exercise, and that that is very much how I look at life now and try and pass on a lot of that sort of information because that helps us to, to deal with life um, and to deal with the pressure and to, you know, and, and perform how we want to be able to perform.
0: Yeah, brilliant. Sally, it's been, it's been fascinating obviously chatting to you. Tell, tell me, just before, as we wrap up before the quick quickfire questions, what, what does the future hold for Sally Gunnell?
1: Gosh, well, uh, yeah. I mean, I sort of feel like I'm in my next chapter of my life. Um, you know, and I am, I'm, I'm motivated, hopefully by the next 30 years. And we're doing a lot around, you know, just optimising your age. And, and I think, I don't know, you get to 50, and you just sort of think, oh gosh, you know, I've got a few more aches and pains, can't quite exercise how I used to, putting on a little bit of weight and, you know, and and and, and it just fascinates me really of, of what happens to us as we age. and You know, and I think there's a whole piece, you know, I was very much about preventative, you know, what can we do now in our 40s, 50s and 60s? Because we are going to be all living a lot longer, hopefully, because of medicine and all these sorts of things. But, you know, we want to we want to have everything, don't we? We want to be as active. We want to still be out there walking in our 80s and 90s and why shouldn't we so what can we do now so a lot of the work that I do now is around uh, yeah optimizing your age um, around health well-being um, talking to a lot of specialists you know bringing in that team learning from people and just being able to pass that on to uh, whoever wants to listen almost
0: It's been fascinating listening to your story and like I said as a as a young lad growing up and watching you and and, and you know cheering you on and now having the opportunity to actually sit and chat to you and, and share that knowledge and that journey with us has been has been fascinating. So thank you so much. Um we're gonna finish with our quick fire questions if we can. Um, okay. So I wanna jump in first one what one piece of advice would you give to your teenage self?
1: Um confidence. Stop knocking yourself down. Believe in you, who you are. Be true to yourself. Um, yeah, and don't give yourself that hard time. <laughs> I wish I hadn't.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, but who, who has inspired you in your career and why?
1: Um, I had and still have role models. Uh, people are looked up to. There's never always one person. Uh, sometimes it can be, you know, it might have been my, my dad on the farm to uh, sports people that were, you know, in my event and then I was running better than them to, you know, leaving the sport and coming across some an amazing women within organizations and, you know, having a family and working and leading a, you know, a company or whatever. So I think it's really important to have mentors um and um yeah and people that you look up to in, in your whole career just um you know i think sometimes think people think that they're better than everybody else and um you know i don't need somebody but i think we all need somebody uh, throughout our lives
0: yeah i, I completely agree I, I think look one of the reasons i think i started the podcast i just think people often ask me oh, I inspires you or whatever and I, we're surrounded by people for, you know <laughs> down here in bryant business community surrounded by people uh, who achieve great things every day and who who inspire us so yeah i I, I echo i echo that that's amazing um can you recommend a book or podcast to our listeners that's made an impact on you or influenced you
1: um do you know i do i do love a podcast but a lot of my podcasts are very much around I guess yeah just what happens to us and and the sort of like the health and the well-being side and thing and I think my number one podcast would be um just I wrote it down because I knew you were going to ask when I never remember it feel better live more and it's Dr Rangan Chatterjee um and every every sort of like week he will look at all sorts of different things you know just about sometimes about mindfulness or coping with stress or you know nutrition or new things that are out there and and you know a lot of what all the scientists and doctors are looking at and he brings it into sort of like a, a medical side of it but a way that we can understand so yeah i love listening to him but a lot of my sort of podcasts are around those sorts of things
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I've, I've listened to that I'm, i'll subscribe to that one it's a brilliant podcast You are right. uh, fascinating love that love that okay um final one what is your one rule for living a fulfilled life
1: Um, I would say, which which I have to adjust, because I am a little bit of a fixer, and I think sometimes I've had to sort of reel it back in. But if somebody said they can't do that or there's no way, I always say there's always a way. And I will work it out, you know, even if it's, I don't know, working out the heating or something, I'll sit there and and try and find it. Um, I think the thing I've learned is that maybe I can't change things straight away. Um, and to be patient and to reflect, but I I always think there there is always a way, and give it a go. And um, if it doesn't work out, at least you've had a go. So that that is probably how I try and live my life.
0: Love that! What a brilliant way to finish. Thank. You. Listen, Sally, it's been an absolute honour and a real privilege to have a chat to you. Thank you for sharing your journey and wisdom that you've had um, over the years and, and it's really brilliant so listen um, what a great way to kick off series four and my, um, celebrate my 50th episode so from the bottom of my heart mm-hmm. thanks so much Sally it was brilliant. brilliant
1: thank you and well done to you as well you've done a great job with all these podcasts in, uh, in around the area so
0: it's been lovely to chat to you take care all the best thanks and that's a wrap thank you This is the County Business Talks Podcast, produced by H2 Productions.